Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favorite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Adam Musgrove and it's time for a special episode. We're going to bring you a question and answer session with our football editor, Mark Douglas. You guys have kindly sent in quite a few questions and we've gone through and picked the ones we think uh, the majority of you guys will want answering. Obviously, it's been a very busy week with Rafa Benitez's departure and uh, as of yet, no update on a potential takeover. Uh, Mark, we'll dive straight in. Um, quite a few people are, are interested, obviously, in the takeover. Um, and Ben Sandel asks, how can the club continue not to comment on the statements made by the Bin Zaid group? Well, I think Newcastle's attitude at the moment to um, the communication side of things is probably that they don't feel um, there's any worth in saying anything at the moment because they don't think they can win the argument. I think that seems to be the um, one of the things that they're saying. I would contend that that's not, that's not really a very good way to do things. Um, I think probably they would be better off at the moment issuing some kind of either statement or speaking to people about the, the current situation with the club. I think, and you know, I, I kind of feel sometimes you get placed as a devil's advocate when you ask the questions like that because... You know, really, it's up to Newcastle to to answer that question. But I I would think with the takeover, it's very much that that is being handled by Ashley's lawyers, Justin Barnes as well, who's never given any public comment about Newcastle United. Um, And I I would think that quite a lot of people at Newcastle United simply don't know what's going on with the takeover. Um, It's a very opaque situation, it's fair to say. I think um, I've got mixed messages when I've tried to find out exactly what's going on. So I would think that probably they, they're in that situation as well. Remember, they didn't say anything at all about Peter Kenyon on the record. Nothing. Um, Amanda Staveley, they did eventually um, they did eventually kind of rubbish what was going on there, but it was right at the end of the process. So they've got form for this. They, they don't really talk about takeovers. I think what they, they really should do is, is issue a sort of holding statement confirming that there's negotiation so that we can you know, treat what the Binzaid group have said with that little bit more credibility. I mean, I do think they're credible. Um, but the club, it's just the club's attitude to communications at the moment. They 
they're very much of the opinion that um, you know they don't want to talk to anybody at the moment. Um, they want to get on with things. I mean, the, the, I think it was 140 words, wasn't it? The statement to, about Rafa, just not good enough, really. Um, I know, you know, I know the people involved may want things to be different, but it's someone at the very top is stopping the club from communicating effectively, and that person's Mike Ashley. Um, I'm not sure whether Lee Charnley wants to talk or not. Um, I would think probably not at the moment because um, it doesn't come particularly easy to to them um, to talk. But I just think it's totally unacceptable that you can get to the point that we are here where the only statement that you've had on anything to do with the football club is that Rafa Benitez is leaving. So their attitude to, with the takeover stuff would, I think, be that they don't know um, and that they're just going to let it play out in the background because I would think that there's enough... There's enough going on to make us think it's serious. But if they then release something saying we are in the takeover negotiations, as Mike Ashley did last Christmas, does it then imply that it's a little bit further along than it is? Because I think it's probably when Bin Zayed said everything they said, it wasn't quite as far along as they said it was. So Newcastle would say, well, how do you add nuance to the statement? Do we say there is negotiations, but that's all we can say? Or, you know, what do you say? But I think, you know, I understand it's maybe difficult to kind of give an exact precise update because of things like NDAs and the effect that it might have on negotiations with other parties because there's more than one party involved. But you can't just say nothing. You can't just say nothing. And where do you think we are now in terms of the tier brother? I think, you know, still in the kind of thrashing out terms with a couple of groups. I don't think at the moment deposit of the funds has been put into whatever it is that it need, wherever it is needs to go. I don't think that's happened yet. Um, my understanding now, I know that you know it, it's been um, uh, debated on on kind of you know amongst fans whether the owners and directors test has started because some people have said it has. My understanding from the from the kind of people that I speak to is that. Um, you know that hasn't started yet but that is right at the end of the process if that owners and directors process has started that implies that every hurdle has been cleared with Newcastle United so my feeling is that we're still probably you know not we're probably not it's not imminent um I'm not I know some some other people that that you know a a deal uh, the report on the patch feel it's not going to happen I'm not there I think it, it could still it could still happen. Um, and I think this is the key couple of weeks because the Rafa news will have focused minds. Newcastle now have to either appoint a manager and then go on with stuff or not. And I would think from the little snippets I'm hearing that, that Mike Ashley is now at the point where he's kind of wanting clarity on where whether this can be done in time to affect this summer at Newcastle. Um, they obviously took the decision they did on Rafa based on the idea that the club wouldn't be taken over. But I also think that they did that because they felt that, you know, look, take over or no take over, we need clarity on this. Um, so I think at the moment we're kind of still in negotiations. We're just waiting. I think the best way to say it is we're waiting for the big bang. You know, we're waiting for all the things to, to fall in place. But I know for a fact that, you know, obviously we know monochrome um, acquisitions is is there. It's ready to take the club over from Bin Zayed. Um, and that they have spoken to um, the Premier League, as they said they did in the statement. I believe that's true, but they're not quite at the stage where they're ready to go. Um, you can 
a few scan a few fans rather have acted quite sceptically to the to the news of the takeover um had not helped with the news that Rafaniers has gone. Andy Lee asks why did the takeover re- news resurface towards the end of the season, implying that it was potentially a, a distraction from Rafa Benitez's yeah. contract. Well I've seen people I've seen people saying that uh, you know they think it's a big PR exercise and it's all sort of spin. Um, but uh, you know I, I don't necessarily agree I don't agree with that. I think you know I do think it distracted people from the Rafa situation which was not helpful. Um, I think it, it leaked far too early. Whoever decided to tell the Sun journalist was totally and utterly misguided because it was just way too early for it to come out, um, I think, you know, and it had been kept secret for long enough at that point. It didn't need to come out. Um, but I wonder whether there was a reason for that um, because I, my belief is that that came from the bin side end because they were ready to go then with two, two statements. That's just my belief. I don't have that um, 100% confirmed, but that's my belief. Um, is that that it was you know it, it was it was kind of came out at that end and I wonder whether that that was because they feel that Newcastle were dragging their heels a little bit on it and they wanted to push it along and get it moving because we have heard from people in the past that it's difficult to deal with Mike Ashley on this it's difficult to deal with Justin Barnes on this so I think it just came out because this is the time this is the only time when this can be done as soon as the season starts and the transfer window ends you could buy the football club, but what's the point? Because you could effectively have a club that, come Christmas, is seven points, you know, in the relegation zone or you know whatever. It could they could be in trouble by then, and then at that point, you're not going to spend three hundred fifty million pound in October when the club could go on a terrible run of form, and it's not worth as much because there's much bigger risk of going down. So I think this was the only time that it could be done. So we anticipated that takeover stuff was going to come because Mike Ashley had the chance to take it off the market in um, February, March, which there was a lot of well-founded speculation that he was going to do that. I think a lot of people thought he was going to do that at the football club. So he could have done that, but he decided not to give it another spin at trying to sell it. um, And that's where we are. So I don't think it's spin, but, you know, I can see why people think that because the cynicism is so huge. Adam McGill asks that if the Benzai group have the money, who or what is uh, the holdup? There's the £350 million question. Do they have the money? Um, you know, they claim they do. They claim the funds are there. Um, I would only guess that the reason for the holdup, if they do have the funds, is that they are negotiating things like commercial contracts. Now, I know for a fact that things like the advertising hoardings, sports direct advertising hoardings, they would be up for grabs. You know, that, that would be something that maybe Mike Ashley would want to keep for a period of time because I think he knows the visibility that they give you know that would be a way a way to think of it as well um, you know are there commercial contracts that he would like to see either um, you know paid up in full or um, you know retain some influence over that um, it's definitely been suggested to me in the past but you know Newcastle would say it's it, you know that's not the biggest issue but it could but it could be it could be something that they're talking about as well i would think that at this stage probably you know you've got to think that i don't think it would all be paid up front because mike ashley talked about potentially accepting installments so with that in mind is it the case that what they're dealing with now is you know things like the tax liabilities 
HMRC, what will ha- what happens if there's a fit fine there? What happens if relegation, you know, happens? Are they that? I think that's where they're probably negotiating at the moment. If the funds are there, um, there's been some debate about that. Um, let's say generously that they do have the funds and that they're ready to go straight away. It could just be that they're negotiating the terms right now. Um, but they said that they had agreed the deal, of course, in their statement. So it would really shouldn't be. It shouldn't have taken five weeks if what they said in their statement was correct. On the Benzai group, uh, if, uh, there's a bit of worry that they don't know how to maybe um, handle a Premier League club, handle the press, and we've seen this week um, the MD uh, apparently, um, you know, interacting with fans. I think he got the, the claim is he got bombarded by yeah. WhatsApp calls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it, it does look legit. Um, and one fan, uh, Kerry Fitz, has asked, why, "Why is he doing that? Because that's if you're an MD of a multi-million-pound M- uh, business, you probably shouldn't be doing that." Yeah, well, I think you know you've got to think. I understand why people think that, but I don't necessarily think that that is something to hammer him with because. You know, we've seen with Sunderland that their owner um, is a, you know, he's a millionaire and he quite happily answers people on Twitter and he goes on podcasts at Sunderland and talks and things. And I know some Newcastle fans have had a bit of a pop at him, but actually, you know, that has really won him, won the fans over there. So maybe it is the case that Midhat Kidwai is just sort of feeling like he's maybe not used to it. And it might be that, you know, he just wants to answer the fans because he's got that, he wants, you know, he wants to get them on side. Um... And I don't, you know, I I wonder whether, you know, if Mike Ashley's phone number was out there and people started ringing him when he first started, would he have answered the phone? He might have done, you know, he was on the terraces, um, on the terraces talking to fans, wasn't he, at the time? So, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's unprofessional. It It doesn't necessarily ring true with what we would think that somebody who was backed by the football club would do, especially when, you know, these... Negotiations are very much based on, I think, you know, trust. Um, but I don't think he said anything in any of those conversations that's any different to what he said in the statement. So for all that it might feel a bit weird that a guy on Twitter or whatever has, has got him, there's nothing in those messages that's any different from what they've said, which is that we're going to do the deal. It's going to happen. So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't have a, problem with that necessarily and we've you know our, our friend mutual friend uh, Neil Mitchell who's the written a few columns for us says that very much sometimes in Dubai that's that's how things can sometimes work it is a little bit like you know if you get hold of somebody they will they will speak to you um, as long as they're not like you know the royal family but the people's phone numbers are kind of freely available over there but nobody would think to do it because it's just not seen as respectful whereas you know here you get somebody's number you ring them the one thing I do have a, a slight problem with is people saying, oh, well, the journalists haven't got in touch with the Binzai group. Oh, that's not true. You know, we're just going on the lines of, look, we may, we're in touch with these people, but we wouldn't give away, we wouldn't post screenshots of what they say because, you know, we're trying to kind of protect sources and protect the people that we speak to. Um, and maybe, you know, it would be in their best interests not to, publicise necessarily what he's saying but I understand why they are because we want some clarity um, but you know I think the idea that he's saying it so it's definitely true that's where a fan is maybe different from a journalist because we got the statements 
and then went to check it out with Newcastle, with the Premier League, with um, sources at Ashley's End, then with other people who really were interested. So we had to kind of double, triple, quadruple check it. So we didn't just go on what the Binzayed group said, which is I think sometimes where there's some of the frustration with our approach is, you know, people say you don't know what's going on. Well, nobody does because the different messages, mixed messages. It's like, you know, I look at last year when Amanda Staveley gave an interview to the Times and said a number of things and provided the journalist with proof that she'd given the, the bids. But then Newcastle said that wasn't true. So what do you do? You know, what, on what occasion? You know, it's like um, the Curry House meeting. Newcastle think that Amanda Staveley set that up. Amanda Staveley says, no, I was just there as a, who do you believe? Two people saying totally different things. And that's the situation I think with the Binzayed group at the moment is that, you know, none of us have been able to stand up to the letter what they said in their statements. So getting hold of the Binzayed group and them saying it's going to happen has limited worth because they're not going into details about why what they're saying is not being backed up by what the people said. If they release a statement now, it would have to be details on what where they are and provide proof and evidence. And I don't think it's necessarily worth their while if they're going to do this deal to do that. Um, so yeah, long and short of it, you know, I hope when he, well, when, I hope if he becomes the MD of Newcastle United, he is very much open and, or whoever it is, very much open. Not necessarily, I think Newcastle fans have to be really careful about, you know, calling him at all hours and things and texting him and, because, you know, it's not going to get us anywhere, really. It's not about words now, it's about actions. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows... And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. On to Rafa Benitez's departure. First of all, your take on, on that news, expected? Um... Sadly, I think by the end, expected. I didn't expect it necessarily four weeks ago because I felt that... I always felt Rafa might blink because um, I didn't think Newcastle were ever going to change their stance because we'd sat in front of them in April when they did the accounts and they were very strident about the situation the club was in. They never wavered from that. Um, But I thought Rafa might think, do you know what, it's worth my while just to give it another year club might get taken over, I'll get a bit of money in the summer. But I don't think I ever realised quite how badly the first set of negotiations had gone down with Rafa. They felt, I think Newcastle, that they could still talk him around. They felt that because there was another, there's no other job for him to go to, that that wasn't going to happen. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it moved and it snowballed quite quickly. Um, I'm just devastated, absolutely devastated by it. And, you know, I'm not a Newcastle fan. I report on the club. But I woke up on Tuesday morning with that kind of horrible feeling that you sometimes have of like, oh, it's it's reality, you know. This is a Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez uh, has walked from Newcastle. They're not going to happen anymore. You know, I've done loads of interviews. I've done spoken to loads of people who deal with Rafa and nobody has had anything but positive things to say about him. I felt last season was a bit rubbish, to be honest with you. It, it wasn't a good season. Um, Rafa didn't... Rafa didn't manage well at times but then at other times he managed brilliantly but I knew that if he was here there was always that hope that it was going to get better and that he was going to take them on if he was backed so I just wanted him desperately to stay um, I think what he represented was positivity ambition hope and now he's gone you know we're back to the old square one and, and I just desperately hope Mike Ashley sells now and just the club can't progress with him as owner in the long term they can have good seasons maybe and they can have good moments but because of his attitude and the way that he is about things the way that he won't let them communicate the way that he won't let them be open and honest the way that he won't let managers have total control I just don't see a long term successful top 8 Newcastle United while Mike Ashley is here um, and he needs to sell he needs to go he's needed to go for a long time but he really does need to go this time Yeah, Sarah Brennan says with Rafa leaving do you think Newcastle are more likely to get relegated this season and make a sale, therefore, or make make a purchase from a potential buyer less attractive? Yeah, I mean, we don't know we don't know yet who's coming in. So on the relegation, I know Paddy Power got a bit of publicity by paying out on relegation. Um, they obviously, um, you know, hadn't had too many people betting on Newcastle going down to to do that. Um, I don't think you can say they're going to get relegated because we because it could be that you know look if they get somebody competent to come in next I'm not I don't want a Steve McLaren I don't want a John Carver I don't want an Alan Pardew if I'm talking about you know, say they got a Sean Dyche it's not going to get people on the street celebrating do you think that's doable Sean Dyche you know I think Sean Dyche would love it you think, yeah I think he would he would love to come here I think the difference would be that Newcastle wouldn't pay the compensation because it's very expensive. I think, but I think he would love to come, and he would be competent, and they could, they could stabilise a little bit. Um, and there's more than one way to manage a football club. The way that Rafa managed that football club was very, um, very good. But you can manage in other ways, and you can manage successfully in other ways. So it's not a given that they're going to be, you know, they're going to get relegated, and the whole thing's going to go to to pot. That's not a given at all. I don't agree with that. Um, they've still got a decent squad. They've got some money to spend. But my issue is that they're not. You know, long term, they, 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 they would have been better off with Rafa. But Sean Dice is a, you know, it's. I know it's not Rafa, and I know it's not gonna. But you know, if you got Sean Dice in, I would say they're not gonna get relegated. I, I do think. I think fans would be would be quite pleased with Sean Dice coming in. I think that's not. It's not a bad replacement considering the, the, their names yeah. linked, and also you get to hear your, your wonderful impression. <laughs> My impression is Sean Dice. No, I, I know. I better not do that in case he does get the and job. For anyone that hasn't seen Martin Pearson there are similarities to uh, Martin and Sean Dash's mental both doom. got ginger hair is what is what is what, and is, is what it is and, and a widow's peak um, but uh, no I think I, I, you know I think the problem is at the moment that, that it doesn't matter who gets the job they're not Rafa and you know whoever gets that job 
is going to be painted as a patsy from day one because Rafa wasn't wasn't and the three previous managers all to an extent had to tow the company line whereas Rafa never did so that's going to be a problem that whoever comes in is going to have face those credibility issues but if they win football matches you know they'll he'll win round some of the doubters I think some people are now that's them they're gone um, and they will be you know they will snipe whatever happens and they'll have justification for that because this isn't the first thing that's happened with Newcastle but I think that we have to be careful I, I remember and and I always recall this when people say the club have to the newspaper has to be really virulently anti Newcastle because I remember we did a front page uh, when we got banned and we got loads of support on social media of people saying get this front page out and we we hammered the football club that week we went to town on Mike Ashley and front pages were really strong and we wrote about everything that I still think that he's not fit to own this football club in the current state it is you know stuff that I've written subsequently as well and then on the Saturday they beat Chelsea and I remember walking across Lees's Park two guys in front of me saying the newspaper wasn't hasn't the newspaper's coverage been disgraceful this week we've gone and won that shows you it's not as bad as everybody says you know oh they need to just get behind the football club and it stuck with me in my mind you know that I think that you have to be really careful about saying everybody's not going to go anymore it's it's total carnage because we're in the storm at the moment but what happens next I hope that there's a fundamental shift right now in how fans think about their football club I really hope that the people join the trust get mobilised to make a difference because that's what needs to happen now um, you know we've argued over boycotts we've argued over the Magpie group you know I found this week I've tweeted stuff about Mike Ashley Rafa Benitez I tweeted yesterday about the trust I tweeted about the Magpie group we're going to have a meeting all of it is just negative 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 you know okay Negativity, that's where we stand. But what are you going to do about it? You know, as a newspaper, we will cover everything. You know, we will, we've written Go Now on the front page. We've done all of that. I think you've seen how Rafa Benitez was ended up. How difficult it is to get to this regime and how difficult it is to make them change things. So really... We're at a crossroads, aren't we? We're not, we're not, um, you know, it's not as easy to say, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, just boycott, just boycott. Well, win the hearts and minds then. Stop telling people to boycott. Come up with a, um, you know, come up with a, something that's going to win people around. Don't just sit and hammer people left, right and centre on social media. It's not constructive. Join the trust. The trust are going to try and have conversations with the football club, but they're also going to try and do other stuff and maybe be a vehicle for discontent as well. Join the trust. Come to us, suggest things that we can do. Try and get in touch with the football club, suggest things that they can do, you know, or but don't for the life of you just sit there and 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 just be negative because um, you know, negativity with no purpose is pointless. It's waste of energy. You've got to find a way to, to, to change this. Um, and you know, and we will reflect that. You know, I've, I've always said the negativity. We, we we can you know we can do stuff about that. But you know, when you say um, you know, when you come back to the question um, about the manager, the manager will come in. Whoever it is will come in and try and win people over by winning football matches. Well, that's the next question, the penultimate question from 
Nicholas Johnston, who simply asks, does any new manager face the possibility of being overwhelmed by fans, being rejected by fans? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing that they have to... The Newcastle have to think right now about who they can bring in, who's going to have the broad shoulders to, to, to um, you know, be able to take on board what's going to come their way. Um, it has to be a credible name who will challenge some things, some aspects of what they do, and not just accept, you know, what what is what is given their way. Are they prepared to deal with somebody like that? That's the question, isn't it? If it's Steve McLaren, you know, the biggest load of rubbish that I ever heard from Newcastle United was that Steve McLaren was the perfect candidate for that head coach job. He wasn't because he was he was unfortunately just a patsy. He wanted he's just happy to have that job. They've got to go out and get somebody who's credible. Um, that's a massive task. And the final question wraps up the two uh, main talking points quite nicely. It's whether you think Rafa Benitez would come back under a new owner. Um, I think he would, yes. I think he absolutely would because he's out of a job at the moment, bear in mind, or he will be on Sunday. Um, and I think it would be... It's like a kind of dream scenario, isn't it, in a way that some new owners come in, recognise it would be the perfect way. I mean, imagine the honeymoon period you would get. Although, would Rafa get what he wanted? <laughs> you know, would, they might appoint Rafa and then, he, uh, and then he might be like, well, hold on, you're, you're offering me the same thing that Mike Ashley was offering me. Um, but uh, but, he, but he, I'm sure if any new owner took over the club in the next two weeks, they would seriously be thinking about Rafa Benitez as a potential manager if Newcastle haven't already appointed somebody. Um, do I think it's realistic? I'm sorry, I don't at the moment. But if the new owner comes in, you know, I think that was one of the things that Midhat Kidwai was saying on those WhatsApps, wasn't he? That you know we will try and get Rafa back. They've not spoken to Rafa, which makes me think that you know that's potentially just one of those things that you say just to try and um, uh, engage with people. But I, you know, would Rafa come back in the future if if it's another year down the line and they do get taken over and he's had a year in China um, and new owners do come in? I think he'd see it as unfinished business at Newcastle United. I think he sees unfinished business at Liverpool as well. But I think he would definitely see it as unfinished business at Newcastle United. Um, and from speaking to people close to him this week, they definitely feel like they couldn't work for Mike Ashley's Newcastle United. But it's not that they couldn't work at Newcastle United. They've had a good time here. They've loved the affection. But they've hated the working conditions. Um, and, you know, so remove him and you've got the perfect scenario. He's, he's always going to be welcome on Tyneside as well, isn't he? So don't rule it out. But, um, you know, KK came back, didn't he? And it didn't work out. But So you're never sure about how it's going to be second time around. And, you know, we wouldn't have the same squad. He wouldn't have the same people. But um, I, I desperately hope there's something happens in the next two weeks that can be positive. Um, and I do see it's the next two weeks, I think, are important. We have to have some progress on the takeover in the next fortnight. Because if we don't, we're getting to like four weeks until the start of the season, three weeks until the start of the season. They'll be off to China. They've gone to China with who? Neil Redfern in charge, potentially, or an interim uh, boss. You know, then you're starting to think, well, is it just total and utter negligence to not appoint a manager? Uh, Newcastle have to decide that because, let's put it this way, it's in nobody's interests that they get relegated next season, not in Ashley's, not in the fans, not in... The manager, not in the players, you know. So um, still that element of uncertainty. But um, could I see Rafa? I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. 
100%, but I think it's really unlikely that he comes back this summer. There you have a bit of positivity mixed with realism. Uh, thank you very much, Mark, for joining us. Um, please remember to like and subscribe to the Everything is Black and White podcast on whichever podcast platform you do listen to. I've been Andrew Musgrove. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.